welcome guests. We just want to thank you and ask that you just treat this place like your, your home church. And so if you have a need, if you have uh, something that you need us to pray with you for, that you'll feel like you can ask us, and uh, we hope that you feel welcome today. Well, today is uh, the last in a series about the essentials of a healthy church. And uh, so this is number three. The first week we talked about community and how that if we're going to be in a healthy, godly community, we've got to take risks. Just like Barnabas took with with Saul in, in his relationship. And then last week we talked about how that if we're going to grow, we've got to have healthy soil. We've got to be prepared to receive the word. And so this week we're going to talk about service. Well, I can't think of a better way for us to talk about service than to start out with somebody who is just on the road running, doing, doing God's work and service. And uh, there's a lady named Beth that's here with us this morning. She's a friend of mine, and she is one of the directors at a campus fellowship that we support with our missions money in Germany. And so I'd love if you would welcome Beth as uh, she comes to the stage. Well, actually, we're going to see a video first. She's looking at me like, that's not right. Video first, then welcome Beth when it's over, all right?
Thank you. Through your prayer and support, you are making a difference in Barbara's life. Um, and I, it's an honor and a joy to share these stories with you today. Um, I just can't help but think the the dank oich, the thank you that Barbara said is goes also out to you um, because you are the ones making that dif- difference in her life. Um, I want to share two more stories that are um, similar but yet different from Barbara's. Uh, Heinrich, um, he came into our community this semester. Um, and this is how his story starts. So at the beginning of the semester, this is back in March, we're like, okay, we, we want to really get, be visible on, camp, on campus. And so we got all of these great advertisements together and we're, we're going out on campus. But we forgot to change the sign in front of the building. Um, kind of embarrassing. And it actually said Cafe English Thursday nights at 8 o'clock. And we haven't done Cafe English Thursday nights at 8 o'clock in about a year now. And so this sign was pretty, was old. We just didn't think anyone was reading it. And we'd also forgotten about it. But Heinrich sees the sign, comes in on a Thursday night when we're actually doing our big dinner. And this is in German. And it was later in the evening. And so we'd actually already run out of food twice. And I'm back in the kitchen making the third meal of the night for students. And Heinrich walks in and he's like, what is this? Am I interrupting something? I'm like, no, you welcome. This, this is for you. And he says he's a vegetarian. So I'm like, what can I make for Heinrich? And, um, I find some eggs and we just start making omelets and we spend about two or three hours in the kitchen, just talking and making omelets. And, uh, I just, I remember when he left that night thinking, well, he'll never come back. (laughs) And he became core part of our community this past semester. Um, Heinrich, he's a philosopher, so he's kind of a different uh, dude in our ministry, and uh, he likes to give speeches. I remember at his birthday party, it was a small, intimate gathering, and you know, he'd get up, and I have, I have three points today. Um, first, what is a birthday that we come together, and you're just like, wow, <laughs> this is, we're going to be here a while, and then, you know, it's the, and I summarize and he's summarizing for three or four times up there. Um, Well, he was giving one of his, what we now call one of the famous Heinrich uh, speeches at our end of the semester, and he one got up and just said, what a difference uh, Chris, our intern, had made in his life that semester, even though he was just there for a year, that um, Chris, our intern, just made such a huge impact in his life. And he thanked Unterwegs and said, you know, this is where um, I have a home and a family. Um, and I remember uh, Melly Koch, who was sitting beside me at the table, and she's just one of these drop-dead gorgeous girls, and just saying to me, man, this guy is so funny. He's hilarious. I love him. And just the love in this room right now, or in that room then for Heinrich, was just thick. You could feel it. And I thought, wow, this was something he didn't have six months ago. Um, this is the community taking part in his life, and he's he's seeing God in this love and in this room. Um, before I got on a plane to, to come here, Heinrich, I said, like, Heinrich, what do you want from the States? And he's like, bring me back a King James Bible. I'm like, come again? <laughs> like, I want to read the Bible, Beth. I want to read the Bible. I've decided I want to read it. I'm like, but I want to work with the old English. I'm like, only you, Heinrich, would want to work with the old English. So I have that waiting for me when I get back. Um, that's Heinrich. Um, 
Katarina is another student. Um, she, at the beginning of the semester, there she is in the middle. I just thought she's just a quiet girl. Um, she loved to give hugs and receive hugs. Like every time she came in the door, um, we just made sure she got a hug. I really didn't know much about her. And I remember in our team meeting at the beginning of the semester praying, we really want to get to know Katarina this, this semester. We really hope she becomes um, a visible part of our community. And week after week after that, it was like she was just a hidden talent. Like every week we found out something great that she does, whether it was basketball, karate, drawing. Like one night she's just over in the corner sketching people. And I'm like, Katarina, I didn't know you, you drew. And she was like, yeah, I dabble, you know. And it was this beautiful, amazing drawing. Um, Katarina studies uh, Japanese studies. Um, and they were supposed to spend the semester abroad at the University of Tokyo um, this semester. And so in March, when the earthquake happened, we found out that we were going to have Katarina part of our community this semester. Um, she became a mentor to the Japanese students that did come to Tubigen. There's an exchange program um, with Tubigen, the University of Tokyo. So this whole semester, we had a little group of Japanese students and then also German students who are learning Japanese and um, just a mentoring program that developed in our community. And uh, I was like, we wanted to do a um, raise money for a charity. And so I was like, Katarina, what do you want to do this semester? And so we did a flea market for the Japanese families uh, in in the area where um, the tsunami hit. And so she helped me raise 300 euros. And she gave back to that to directly to families in, in Japan. And she got to see the difference that she could make, not just in our community, but abroad. Um, for our Bible studies, we have a unique opportunity of doing a Bible study for a non-Christian audience, and that is challenging. And one of the ways we do this is we get together with three or four students in the beginning of the week. Um, some One is a Christian, but the others are not. And we share the theme and the Bible verse and our interpretation. And they help us share the story with a larger audience. And Katerina shared um, with the story of Jesus healing the blind man. And the theme was loneliness. And she got up and shared about how in high school, the bullying was so bad she had to hide in the bathroom and just how most of her life was lived in isolation and fear. Um, and she thought college was going to be the exact same thing, just a replay of high school. And, but through Unterweg, and this is when she, um, she got emotional and just said, you made me feel important. You make me feel like I matter and like I'm the important person in the room. And through that, story, more and more people began to be vulnerable and open up. And now being vulnerable and sharing our lives with each other is a core part of our whole community because of Katarina. And the cool thing about that is she said that we made her feel important. Well, I can think of so many students in our ministry that she makes feel important every week because she's just turning around and doing the same thing that she's experienced. Um, and that is one of the cool things about God and community and what he's doing, that God can take a sign that has the wrong information on it, <laughs> an omelet, and that can become part of Heinrich's story. And we can then say to Heinrich, you know, that desire for knowledge, that's a gift that God has given you. One of the things that we try to do for our students, um, regardless if they're Christian or not, is to name for them where God is working in their lives. And so we've said to Heinrich, you have a gift for knowledge. How can you use that? 
for Katerina, you know, you have a gift with your Japanese studies. Look at what you're doing. Look at what God is doing through you. Um, with Barbara, who would have thought that her degree in art history would have led to her studying the Bible, getting on fire for God's word, understanding it, and then making such a huge difference in our community that she's going to now take that to France. Um, that is what it means to be a part of a community where God is working. And we get to take part in that. We get to serve in that. And because of that, we see changes all around us. We get to take part in the resurrection that is happening around us. And I thank you so much for that. Well, that's so ama- what's so amazing about being a, a part of a church that... Um, is concerned not only with, with right here what's going on, but also about global missions, is that we get to partner with people like Beth and the ministry of Unterwegs in, in Germany. And how exciting it is to see uh, people come alive as, as they are being served and as they serve. Um, and I just love to hear stories about how that, that, that is, that, that video at the very beginning was, was very powerful. It was Acts 2 uh, about community. And so, so when we see that happening and, and we see it, see it just blossoming right in front of us, uh, what a beautiful thing. So, Beth, thank you so much for being here. It was an encouragement. Well, I want to encourage you more with, with a few more stories. Um, back at the beginning of the year, uh, we have a thing called community groups. Uh, let, let me interject here, by the way. Um, you found in your, in your chair these group life catalogs. Um, if you, the chair's in the back. Uh, Ron, if you would pass some, some more out, it'd be great. Um, but group, group life is very important to us here at Christian Church Buckhead. And so we make no apologies, we make no bones about the fact that the, this past series has been about you getting involved in some type of community or group here at Christian Church Buckhead. And we've got a little booklet here that, that kind of gives you an idea of what, what kind of different groups are available for you. But we have a thing called community groups. And the community groups are, are basically Bible studies that meet all over the uh, North Atlanta area in people's homes. And at the beginning of the year, we challenged them with something called Project 7 by 7. And this 7 by 7 meant we're going to give you $700. And that doesn't mean put it in your pocket and go away. <laughs> we're going to give you $700 and you have seven months or seven weeks to spend it. You can't spend it on your group. You can't spend it on yourselves. You can't spend it on Christian Church Buckhead. You've got to spend it elsewhere, somewhere else. So what a fun challenge this was for our groups. And I wanted to um, just kind of celebrate that this morning and share with you some of the the stories, some of the things that came out of that. Um, First, we have a group that meets in West Buckhead, and they gave some of their money to a mentoring project called Yes Atlanta. And then they also helped a family in need. There's an inner city mission that actually my brother runs called Jesus Place, and they supported them with some of the money. And then they also gave some money to one of our own, Erica King. She's sitting there on the third row. Um, But she actually went to Mexico with the same organization, Global Scope, that Beth is serving in Germany with. So it's a really cool thing there. And then they also helped uh, give some money to help a couple of kids register for Georgia Tech Christian Campus Fellowship Retreat. So cool stuff. And we have a group that meets in Eastlake. And Eastlake, they, they all got together at Target and went shopping for shoes 
And I can't imagine what the checkout line was like, but they filled those baskets with shoes and uh, then took them over again to Jesus Place Inner City Mission and donated, donated well-needed shoes. And then also they helped a, an organization called Wellspring Living. Wellspring Living is actually uh, set up to help stop the sex trafficking industry in Atlanta. Did you know that that is actually the, um, Atlanta is actually number one in sex trafficking. I don't know if you knew that. And so Wellspring Living is a ministry that helps stop that. So they, they supported that. Northside Group, anybody from Northside Group here? All right. uh, that wasn't very enthusiastic, Dia. She's like, mm. all right. The Northside group did some great things. And, and by the way, these are probably not exhaustive. I know some of the groups did things that I don't even know about. So it's, it's great. But uh, the Northside group got together and bought groceries for a place called Hope Lodge. Hope Lodge is a house at um, one of the hospitals, and it's set up for uh, cancer patients that have to travel from, from long distances. And so uh, very uh, hospitality-type-oriented place. Then they also helped with moving expenses for a person that was in need. We have a group that meets in Buckhead. And that group, yeah, all right. That group um, went to a place called Genesis Shelter. It's an Atlanta-based shelter for homeless infants and and, uh, their mothers. And they did a lot of work for them that day. They painted, um, bought bought all the supplies for that and painted and cleaned. And uh, so we were proud of that group. Then we have the Johns Creek group. Yes, we have a group all the way up in Johns Creek. And uh, that, that group actually served something called the Gainesville Care Center. It's a crisis pregnancy center. And then they also gave money to Good News at Noon. It's a homeless shelter. The cool thing is uh, one of them came up to me after first service and said, actually, we've been going back to Good News at Noon. So they're building a relationship with that that organization. They've been serving them on a regular basis. So exciting things happening there. Then uh, Virginia Highlands Group. Anybody in my Virginia Highlands Group here? Come on, y'all. You're not very excited about, uh, you're, you're giving, giving community groups a bad name here. All right, Virginia, Virginia Highlands Group bought Spanish Bibles for a campus ministry. They supported the Atlanta Day Shelter for Women. They supported a, they, a bicycle shop in Grant Park. And that bicycle shop, it wasn't just, hey, let's go buy a bicycle. This bicycle shop actually rebuilds old bicycles for, for uh, kids in need. The neat thing is that one of their members, Alex, Alex, are you still back there? Yeah, he's still back there, back at the sound booth waving. He actually now has been going back every week and serving that ministry. Again, building a relationship. And they did, did uh, several other things too. And actually, the picture that you see, um, I don't even think had, it, had anything to do with 7 by 7 They were building a habitat house, right? Train? All right. That's great. We have a group that meets in Brookhaven, Mercer area. And what they did was they got together and used their money to buy sandwich stuff and little baggies. And they uh, supported a homeless ministry. They also gave some money for a student retreat. And then they also um, helped a lady who was going on an MS walk. And you can see Tess there enjoying one of the sandwiches. She was eating for two. So, um, And then the Midtown group, my group, give it up, Midtown. All right. Thank you. That's right. We bought school supplies and we also donated furniture and helped clean up and paint, uh, painted that logo that you saw on that other slide uh, for an organization called City of Refuge. City of Refuge is a, a shelter, but it's much more than a shelter for homeless children 
and, and their moms. And um, they do so much with, with job training and all that. But this was an after-school program. And we built a relationship with them. We went and served them uh, dinner one night. And we, we plan to continue with that. But that's just some of the stuff that's going on. And that is, that's what... Um, that's what this is all about. That's what service is all about. We've been, we've been looking um, this whole month at examples from the book of Acts. And I, again, the first week we looked at, at Paul and Barnabas and how that, they, that, that Barnabas was willing to take a risk. And then last week we looked at the Bereans, um, a group of people that you could easily just look over if you were reading fast through the Bible. But the Bereans were the ones who, whenever Paul preached to them, they were, they were very careful to go home and search the scriptures. They didn't just take his word for it, but they actually studied for themselves, and so they grew. Well, this week I want us to look at a lady who has kind of a strange name. Her name is Dorcas. Yes, it's Dorcas. But actually, I like her Hebrew name better. It's Tabitha. And maybe you know somebody named Tabitha, but both of those names actually just meant gazelle. But what I'd like for you to do is let's just read her story very quickly. Acts, uh, the ninth chapter, 36 through 42. And then I just want us to pull a couple of things out of that. And then we're just going to, we're going to have communion and praise again. All right. So Acts, the ninth chapter. Now, Peter is in this story, by the way, and he does something really, really great. But I think... Even though what Peter does is, I mean, it's, it's mind-blowing. Even though what he does is great, I think what Tabitha did was even greater. Acts, Acts 9.36. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which when translated is Dorcas, stick with Tabitha, who was always doing good and helping the poor. About, the time she became, about this time, she came, became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room, and all the, window, all the widows stood around him, crying and showing him their, the robes and the clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Well, Peter sent them all out of the room, and then he got on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she, she sat up. He, he took her by the hand and helped her to their feet. And then he called the believers and the widows and presented her to them alive. And this became known all over Joppa. And many people believed in the Lord. Wow. What an incredible thing. I mean, Peter raises her from the dead. But again, I believe, and, and, and that was an incredible thing, but I believe because remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, you're going to do greater things than I. You're going to do greater things. And I'm thinking, how can I do greater things than Jesus? I believe that what Tabitha did was even greater because it was, it was the incarnational love of Jesus that she was showing to people who were in need around her. Let me point out several things from this story. First of all, look, she just basically did what she was able to do. She did what God put in her hands. She could sew. First service, it just, it just hit me. I, I thought of, of the movie Three Amigos. How many of you have seen that movie? You know, it's like, what can you do? We can sew. Go, go rent the movie. Otherwise, the, the, the illustration is completely lost on you. It's not that I'm endorsing the movie. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but... 
Um, I like what Mother Teresa had to say about it. We can do great, we can't do great things, just small things with great love. That's why in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, if, if I do all these wonderful things, if I give all my money to the poor, if I do all that, and I have not love, it's just a loud noise. It's just a clanging symbol. And so Tabitha just did what was in her hands. She just made clothes for people who were in need. And then she served the people that were right around her, her community. You notice that they were just all gathered around her. They were all just heartbroken. She just opened her eyes and said, you know what? I live here. These are the people that that are in my community. Jesus did the same thing. He would go and he would open his eyes. One scripture says when he saw the crowd, he what? He had compassion on them. That word for compassion, Greek word is splachna, or it comes from that word, splachna. And and that just means guts. So instead of I heart you, it would be I guts you or something like that. But it basically just meant, you know, this deep, 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 deep feeling and and, and almost an abandon of feeling where he just is like, I just love them so much. I want to take care of them. And this is what, this is what Tabitha felt, just an abandonment. She could see them. It's like the, the big blue guys in Avatar. I see you. That's it. You know, just opening your eyes to your community opening your eyes and seeing the people around you. You know, I, I, I think Germany is fantastic and I hope that some of you will go. I hope, uh, Beth hopes that some of you will, will join her. In fact, our um, part-time drummer, uh, not Rebecca, but Austin, he is going. He's gonna be going in the fall. But start here, start in your community, wherever you live, whether it's Virginia Highlands or Buckhead or Hapeville, but start in your community. And then notice that she served the least of these. Jesus calls the least of these, those who are hungry, those who are thirsty, those who are poor, those who are in prison. What do all those people have in common? Well, they don't have have a voice that is heard. They have a voice, but it's just not being heard. And so we see in in Proverbs, this scripture, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. That's what Tabitha did. And then we see that because of her efforts, she touched their hearts. She touched their hearts. They were in the room and they were crushed because she had died. And then at the end of the story, it says that many people believed because of what happened. And I believe it was, it was because of the resurrection, but I also believe it was because of Tabitha's heart because she was willing to just serve with what she had in her hands. Jesus told us to be like cities on a hill, right? To serve so that, that people will glorify our Father in heaven. That's our motivation. It's okay to have a separate motivation. Yes, love should be our motivation, but it's okay for us to, to be motivated to serve because we want to glorify God and we want to see other people glorify God. Sometimes it may work that the person you serve doesn't glorify God, but somebody else saw you serve them. 
and they glorify God because of it. So what are the questions we need to ask ourselves? Groups, when you meet, what, what, what do you need to ask yourself? Because we want every single group here to be serving. Well, first, just like Tabitha, what am I able to do? What can I do? Can you sew? <laughs> whatever, whatever you can do. And then where do we live? Where is our group meeting? What's the community like? That's where you start. And then you say, who do I see? Open your eyes. Pray for, pray for the eyes of Jesus to be able to look around and find the least of these in your community. Sometimes it's hard. And you know, we've struggled sometimes in Buckhead, but they're here. The least of these are here. And sometimes it's not necessarily the poor. It's people who are poor in spirit. And so we, you have to open your eyes and then ask, God, what will you do through me? God, what will you do through me? How will you touch the people I come in, into contact with? You know, back in the early church, when they would have the Lord's Supper, when they would have communion, they would also have something called a love feast, an agape feast. And it was basically just your old-fashioned church carrying dinner, dinner on the grounds. Everybody would come and bring food, and it was great. But the problem was things got a little out of hand. Things started changing from Acts 2 when everyone took care of one another's needs and everyone... People sold property to take care of other people. By the time Paul writes 1 Corinthians, some, some pretty bad stuff was happening along with this agape feast. You see, people were coming and bringing their own food. They weren't sharing. People were coming and, and not allowing outsiders to eat. People were coming and bringing a little alcohol with them and were drunk by the time it got to time to take the Lord's Supper. And so Paul just says, uh-uh, we're going to end the love feast. You're going to eat at home, and we're just going to have Lord's Supper. But his point was this, because that scripture ends with, with an admonition. It says, make sure before you take the Lord's Supper that you see if you are worthy. Now, that doesn't mean, okay, I'm worthy of, God's, of Jesus' sacrifice. None of us are. But it's saying, are you taking it in a proper manner? Are you considering the body of Christ is what it says. Are you considering the body of the Lord? Well, the body of the Lord, yes, is, is his body hanging on the cross. It's his body that, that he sacrificed willingly for us. But it's also the body of Christ around you. And the people were missing the point. He's, he, Paul was heartbroken in that passage because there was divisions among them. And so... He says, all right, let's, let's go back to the basics. And it's where we find the scripture. We use it often. We use it every week as we, as we come around the tables. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying... This cup is a new covenant, my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So he gives them that and says, this is what, this is what communion, Lord's Supper is all about. But make sure that you don't come, come to that table and forget about the body of the Lord. 
And so today we don't want to be guilty of that at Christian Church Buckhead. We want to make sure that when we approach the table, that we can also approach it saying we have a heart for service. We have a heart for others. We have a heart that, 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 that says like the scripture, I do not consider myself better than others. We can look at, look at the least of these and say, you know what, child of God, a, a person that God has made for me to be able to serve. The most convicting thing about that least of these passages, he says, whenever you've done it unto me, whenever you've done it unto least of these, you've done it unto what? Unto me. We're doing it unto Jesus. So today we're going to have communion as we do every single Sunday. In a moment, I'm going to pray. And what I'd like for you to do is just find the table that's closest to you. There's two in the front and two in the back. But as you approach the table, understand that, that we do, we want to take our, our attitude about others seriously. And so if you have come here today and you feel like, you know, I'm one of the least of these today. I'm just spent. I'm done. I, I need somebody. Maybe it's, you just need some prayer. We want to offer you that opportunity. There's um, little slips of paper on the tables. And if you have, have something you would like for, for somebody to pray for you about, you, you just put that prayer request on, on the paper. Or actually there will be a couple at each table. And if you would like for somebody just to verbally pray with you this morning, uh, feel free to just grab them. You can pull them away from the table where you can be in private. And uh, they'll pray for you right here and right now this morning. But we, want to, we, we don't want to be guilty. We, we do not want to be guilty of what the, uh, the Corinthians were. We want to come with, with the attitude of, of remembering the body, remembering the body of Jesus hanging on the cross, but also the body that's around us and the world outside as we, as we serve. So today I hope you're encouraged. I hope you're encouraged to, um, to be a part of a group, but also if you're a part of a group, I hope you're encouraged to have a new sense of, of, of motivation to serve. Let's pray together and then let's take communion. God, thank you for today. I thank you for every heart that's here. And God, I, I thank you that you set an example by sending Jesus who was the servant of all. He became obedient to you in every, every way, including death on a cross. And it was then that you exalted him. And now he's at the right hand of God and it's because of him and because of the perfect life he lived and the sacrifice that he gave that we can have a relationship with you. And so we come to you, God, thanking you for that, but also asking you, Lord, to make us servants. Give us the heart of a servant, God. Help us, Lord, to, to have our eyes wide open, to serve our community, to use what's in our hands. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.